as the, as the uh, basket goes around, I have a, uh, just a conversation question. I don't like sitting in awkward silence as baskets go around the room, so I just want to interject conversation. So just turn to your neighbor and see if you can answer this question. What's the biggest distraction you have experienced during a church gathering? Lisa, Lisa, I want to know, Lisa. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> don't tell Jeff. <laughs> I said, don't tell Jeff. <laughs> so, yes, you can talk to your neighbor. You don't have to just, you know, just turn to your neighbor and just, what's the biggest distraction? Keep passing while you're talking. It's hard to talk and pass at the same time. We're, we're multitasking. It's hard to do. I know. I get it. All right. Thank you for sharing your stories. Kind of wrap them up. If you need more time, you can have lunch together and continue the story. I'll explain in a moment why we asked that question and got that got us thinking along that but this morning I would like to go down a pathway from the the life of Jesus in Mark exposing evil in Mark 1 21 to 28 we're walking along the the shore of the Sea of Galilee this is a photo I took in March of this year it's one of my favorite places to visit when we take our journey of understanding to Israel and Palestine. It's on that shore that Jesus invited four fishermen to follow him, two sets of brothers. So he's just beginning to invite people to follow him. He's just beginning his ministry. He begins that ministry in Capernaum. And Capernaum is a small, uh, but it was a vibrant, and, a, and it was a pretty wealthy city because there was a highway that went right by it. And on a, on a Saturday, on a Sabbath, Jesus brings those four fishermen with him. They go into the Sabbath, and he's given the opportunity to teach in the synagogue. The structure of a synagogue remains in Capernaum. It's a very large synagogue. It's not the original synagogue, but the synagogue that's there now is built on the ruins of the synagogue that Jesus taught in. And this is what happened on that day. Mark 1, 21. They went to Capernaum. That is Jesus and his four followers. And when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and he taught. The people in the synagogue were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. That would be a bit distracting on a Sunday morning gathering, wouldn't it? An individual, just, just look around the room. Who's that person going to be that's just going to cry? And who's that person with that unclean spirit that's going to just interrupt the meeting? What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? 
I know who you are. The Holy One of God. Now compare that disruption with what your story was. Jesus rebuked the spirits, not the man, the spirits, saying, be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing the man. This distraction is not getting better. Have you ever seen somebody that's having a convulsing fit? So, right, I mean, right there, this guy is shaking. He's probably on the floor. He might be foaming at the mouth. People are going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he's crying with a loud, it just gets, gets louder. So, I mean, our gatherings are typically not known for shrieking and convulsions and foam and sweat. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like, oh, my goodness. And everybody, they were all amazed. And they kept asking one another, what is this? Just like you, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits. They obey him. And at once, the fame of Jesus began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. As Jesus begins his ministry, he begins with powerful teaching. Now that power, that authority, that ability that that teaching does something is contrasted with the scribes, with the religious leaders. Not like them. They have a religious power. They have a religious whatever. So they've got this authority, but it's not like Jesus. His power comes from God. And his power involves a supernatural knowing, a knowledge about what is going on in people's lives. So his teaching is commissioned by God. It's authorized by God. It's a teaching that has this revelatory knowledge involved in it. And most importantly, it's teaching with life-transforming results. Teaching that provides the ability to do something. We do not know the history of the man who attended the synagogue in Capernaum on that particular day. But my guess is that that individual had attended that synagogue week after week after week and their religious authority of the scribes never recognized that this man was tormented, oppressed by an unclean spirit. So he could have lived in that state of bondage, religiously dressed up year after year after year after year. And when Jesus comes in, the first time he teaches, that evil spirit is exposed. That evil is exposed. And Jesus does something about it. And it works. We may be curious about a man with an unclean spirit. So Jesus is with this, this, this authority that silences this unclean spirit. Well, that spirit is a spirit that's immoral. It's a spirit that is impure. It's a spirit that is vicious. Vicious is a spirit that is violent, a spirit that is cruel, a spirit 
that, that has and shows very angry and cruel feelings. Let me, let me just take a little of a side and just try to give you a perspective. This is how I understand it. Spirit and disposition are connected. So I think that all of us at sometimes recognize, well, you know, I've dabbled with immorality. And we've all, have, we've all dabbled with immorality. Let's be real. We've all played with things that are impure. We, we all have at times been vicious in a variety of ways of being cruel, mean, hateful. Maybe not all of us violent, but maybe leaning towards that. I mean, we've all been in that state. So we've all, been, we've all had that disposition, right? I mean, I have. We all, we all have. So that's part of our character. That's part of who we are as human beings. But sometimes when that immorality or that impurity or that viciousness just keeps increasing. And so immorality moves into addiction to whatever that immorality is. Could be sexual, it could be shopping, it could be gambling, it could be drink. I mean, it just keeps going on. So we're, we're, moving, we're, we're moving from like a, maybe the normal state of affairs, things under control, we're, it's out of control. The immorality is in charge of me. The impurity is in charge of me. I can't get over being angry. I rage. I destroy things. I become violent. My understanding, for whatever it's worth, that's when I believe human beings really become vulnerable to evil spirits. I do believe in a personalized, personal demon. I believe that that Bible teaches that there is a spirit that directs other spirits. And I believe that that spirit, their whole purpose is to destroy humanity. And so when one of us allows a disposition to to just kind of keep growing out of control, I believe that's when evil spirits say, I'm going to take advantage of the vulnerability of that person and I'm going to make it worse. And so our own disposition kind of connects with a spirit that is immoral, impure, angry, violent. And then that can really cause a lot of damage. The other thing that I'd like for us to recognize that we live at a time where week in and week out... We're seeing in our country the faces of viciousness. This is a current event. This is not back in Capernaum one day with Jesus. So Jesus, when that violent, vicious, cruel, immoral impure spirit spoke out he cried out what have you to do with us Jesus of Nazareth have you come to destroy us I know who you are the Holy One of God 
Notice that Jesus does not answer those questions directly. He does not enter into some conversation with that spirit. His focus is he's upon a creation of God. This, this man was created in God's image, and this man is being controlled by something else that is destroying his life. So Jesus just quickly says, Be silent. Come out. And because he's authorized, commissioned by God, he has the authority to command that spirit to be quiet, to come out, it happens. And I would like you to know that Jesus' ministry was really messy. You know, we really like things neat and tidy. I mean, we spill the coffee and we freak out. <laughs> I mean, here's a guy convulsing on the floor. I mean, there's a battle happening because the spirit doesn't want to let go. And there's loud screams, and I'm sure that they were like, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo kind of screams. <laughs> and I would say that many people didn't stay around to see what happened. They said, we're out of here. This is, this is weird Sabbath. I'm out of here. And yet... Here is this, this messy ministry. It's a ministry with power that works. And here is a demon, a spirit, commanded to be quiet, commanded to leave, that does. And here is a man left to be restored to what God intends for him to be. My friends, I believe that the ministry of Jesus exposing evil has been passed on to you and me. I occasionally hear people say, well, you know, Spirit, they were really really busy when Jesus was on the planet. I just don't think they're as busy now. I don't think that's true. Matter of fact, some would say they're probably busier today than they were then. The battles continued. So what I would like to suggest as we focus upon what Jesus is doing, now let's talk about us following Jesus, doing what Jesus did. And I believe that we must have nothing to do with evil. I mean, Paul says it this way, let no one deceive you with empty words. Taking it from then to now. Every political ad you're listening to today is a deception. And if you are being recruited to be active in support of an individual today in this election, I'm I'm telling you, you're being deceived. If you're not checking up with God, if you're not saying, God, what's going on here? You're being deceived. It's empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be associated with them. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take No part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. My friends, in our 
current state of affairs. Politically, economically, educationally, medically, there is an evil that is being poured out. And I don't have, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I know that the cosmic battle has continued, but we live at a time where I believe the, the structures, the, the, the insta, it's, it's just, there's an evil. And my concern is that those of us that are following Jesus are not discerning it. And we're not recognizing what's happening. And we're not recognizing how much politically, educationally, medically, economically, people are being destroyed by a very violent, cruel, immoral, impure spirit. People are bending over backwards in this political thing as people following Jesus trying to support one or the other candidate and you're thinking, what? We've got to wake up. Neither candidate that's been presented to us is a moral person. Neither. And how did these two national political parties... Pre- how, why, is this present- why are these presented as our leaders? What's going on? There's an evil. There's an evil that's happening. And if we're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, we're going to have to start recognizing, oh my goodness... There's a pervasive evil that's destroying people. That's destroying our nation. And I believe that we're supposed to join Jesus in the ministry of destroying the works of the evil one. So if we were to answer the questions that this evil spirit spirits... What have you to do with us? I think our first question, nothing. We have nothing to do with you. Are you here to destroy us? Yes, we are here to destroy you. That's what God intends. Because our allegiance is to the Holy One of God. Our allegiance is to the Messiah who's brought something new. My friends, (laughs) we live... At a very, very, very precarious time. Talking with our friends from Chile. It's not just our leadership. It's the leadership in Chile, in Brazil, Venezuela, Argentina. These leaders are coming that have these spirits that are not good. And we've got to say, that's not good. So maybe the role that we are to play is it's not to be politically active in the sense of we got to support one or the other. I mean, the kind of, I'm here a lot of, well, I got to choose the lesser of two evils. Time out. Time out. When did Jesus ever ask us to choose the lesser of two evils? When did Jesus ever ask us to choose an evil? That's not Jesus. That is a statement of, oh man, we're in trouble. 
So I do, I do pray that we are praying for people that are being presented as a God. Pray for those in authority over us. But why are we praying for them? That they would be saved. Saved from what? From spirits. Power. Prestige. Wealth. Spirit of greed. That's invaded. Whoa. Big way. So the challenge is, how can we follow in the footsteps of Jesus? How can we, how can we help expose the evils of our day so that what Jesus is attempting to do, which is to bring something better to all of humanity, takes a big step forward, not three steps back. See, you and I represent a bigger picture. If we just get caught up in the minutiae of this year's election and forget the bigger picture, we're going to be lost. So I'm just standing before you to say, hey, we want to do what Jesus did. And we can't do that without the Holy Spirit empowering us to do that. And we can't do that without inviting that Holy Spirit to say, you know, you're a little bit too close to evil. And I want to remind us that the evil one is subtle. Oh, so subtle. And it can seem that what we're doing right now is so right, but it's so wrong. And I'm, I don't believe that we, we're to be the ones that are, you know, sit, sitting in judgment of one another. But I want to invite the one that, is, that has that right. That's the Holy Spirit. To show us where, 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 are we, where are we messing with evil where we ought not to. So would you like to stand with me? Maybe you don't want to stand with me, but... I don't want to stand alone, so let's stand together. Jesus, your ministry is a ministry of opening blind eyes and opening deaf ears. And so what I ask, Holy Spirit, is that you would do the ministry of Jesus in our life today. Lord, you have called us to be people that represent righteousness, that represent the light. And we live at a time that is very, very challenging, where evil in some ways is very pervasive, but we don't see it. We don't sense it. We don't feel it. And actually, we, re, we get recruited to support it. And so, Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Let us see. Open our ears. Let us hear. Holy Spirit, one of the gifts that you give to those following Jesus is the gift of discernment. And Lord, I just sense that right now in our toolbox of what we need to address life and to represent you well, we really need that gift of discernment. To be able to discern evil spirits.
as they present themselves. Whether that's being presented on the TV, whether that's being presented on a billboard, whether that's being presented in a newspaper article, a magazine, a book, or a person next door, we would ask that you would give us the gift of discernment, to discern the spirits. And we would ask, O Lord, just as you gave these first followers of you, you gave them authority to command the spirits to be still, to be quiet, and to go. I ask that you would empower us. To silence evil in our day. Not to tolerate it, to silence it. And to command that evil to leave. Lord, I pray that we would be holy people. Pure people. Moral people. People of self-control. People who resolve anger. People who are kind. And who stand against immorality, impurity, violence, and cruelty. That you would use us as ordinary people, setting others free who are held captive to these spirits. Finally, Lord, because what seems to be so highlighted for me in these days are those that are in national leadership Lord, I I do pray for our leaders. And I do pray that they would be delivered from the evil spirits that seem to have filled their lives. Lord, I do ask you for a renewal of our land. And I ask you for new leaders who love you who follow you, who want to be good stewards and statesmen in our day. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So I pray that all of us, as we go through this next week, this is not just like a Sunday morning pep talk. I'd really ask us to, I mean, I feel pretty serious. about this we can talk more if you want to talk more but I really you know I ask you to go to the word and ask you to take what we've talked about this morning you know take that into your time with Jesus ask him to expand it and then let's all get busy doing what he's invited us to do which is to follow him and to continue his ministry until he returns thank you for our morning together